Our reading this evening is from Proverbs chapter 1, verses 8 to 19. Proverbs chapter 1. That's on page 635 in your church Bible. Listen, my son, to your father's instruction, and do not forsake your mother's teaching. They will be a garland to grace your head and a chain to adorn your neck. My son, if sinners entice you, do not give in to them. If they say, come along with us, let's lie in wait for someone's blood, let's waylay some harmless soul, let's swallow them alive like the grave and whole, like those who go down to the pit. We will get all sorts of valuable things and fill our house with plunder. Throw in your lot with us and we will share a common purse. My son, do not go along with them. Do not set foot on their paths, for their feet rush into sin, they are swift to shed blood. How useless to spread a net in full view of all the birds. These men lie in wait for their own blood they waylay only themselves. Such is the end of all who go after ill-gotten gain. It takes away the lives of those who get it. This is the word of the Lord. Let me start uh, our time together this evening with a few words from Matthew's Gospel. Jesus said, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and, he, and beat against the ha- that house, yet it did not fall, because it had its foundations on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, And it fell with a great crash. Let's pray together. Father God, as we come to look at your word together, to think about how you are speaking to us in this moment, in this place, help us to listen. Help us to listen to your words and to put them into practice. Help us to find wisdom this evening, we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, I wonder, which voices are you listening to in life? There are lots of voices. Which voices are you listening to? Behind me on the screen, we have Deli Ali. To those of you who are unfamiliar with the name, he is uh, one of the players who was part of Gareth Southgate's uh, World Cup England squad. He had a bit of a, a mixed tournament, to be honest, but at the age of 22, he is undoubtedly one of England's brightest stars for the future. But it wasn't always this way. In various interviews, Delhi revealed that he got himself into the wrong crowd from a very early age, and he spent much of his youth on the fringes of gang life. He says in the interview, I got into trouble a few times when I was younger. I hung around with the, young, the wrong people. With the older boys, I tried to do what they did. I'd stay up to 2am on the streets when I was just 12 years old. It seemed like the right thing to be doing at the time. They always looked like they were having so much more fun 
than everyone else. But football gave me the opportunity to escape all that. He may be one of Tottenham's best midfielders and an England star, but he may never have got the chance had he not turned his back on the group of boys he used to mix with and instead turned his attention to football. Delhi credits various footballing managers and friends who helped him steer his life back on course, listening to their voices, shaping his life accordingly. But there'd be plenty of other Delhi alleys out there who could have achieved similar heights of greatness and success. But he didn't listen to those voices and who find, find themselves nowhere today. We can see, can't we, that it is vital to listen to the right voices that are speaking into our lives and not the wrong ones. For Deli Ali, it was the difference between stepping off of the England team coach or perhaps stepping into a prison cell. Which voices we listen to will make all the difference. And as we turn to our passage of the Bible that we're looking at this evening, and as we carry on in our series in Proverbs that we started last week, we again see the importance of listening to the right voices. Our passage this evening, which Mark read out for us, can be found on page uh, 65 of your church Bibles, and it'd be helpful to have Proverbs chapter 1 open in front of you. Tonight we hear three voices Three voices which we will all hear speaking into our lives. Three voices which will we listen to. Well, firstly, we hear the voice of wisdom and its offer of victory in verse 8 and 9. Listen, my son, to your father's instruction and do not forsake your mother's teaching. It's an interesting way to start off, isn't it? We had the instruction last, uh, we, sorry, the introduction last week to the book of Proverbs. And as we get down to the nuts and bolts of wisdom, well, what do we see here? A call for a son to listen to his father and mother. Perhaps it's not what you would expect. Perhaps you haven't looked at the book of Proverbs in all that much detail before. It's not a book we often look at, is it? And so when we think of a book of wisdom... Perhaps we expect a list of rules. Perhaps we expect something dry and perhaps a little bit dull. Perhaps something snappy, some snappy sounding phrase that we could post on Instagram. But what do we see instead? Well, instead we see a father and a mother speaking to a son. Why? Why are we given this picture? Well, because wisdom is relational. The phrase, my son, comes up 27 times in the book of Proverbs, each time with the father or the mother speaking wisdom to their son. Now, this frequent use of the phrase, my son, does not make Proverbs and its teaching exclusive to men or even to young people. Rather, it's a way of emphasizing the importance wisdom has on those going through stages of transition in their lives. The human movement between stages of life is apparently referred to by the term liminality, which is what I found out in the week, which is the sociological event of crossing thresholds in life, ending one chapter and starting another, if you like. So this could be a rite of passage, a specific time of change, a transition in a person's life. 
And we'll each, we will each know many of these liminal movements as we go through our lives. Everyone here this evening will have gone through some of them themselves, some more than others. Moving schools, becoming a Christian, leaving for university, graduation, marriage, moving house, starting a family, changing jobs, losing a loved one, becoming a grandparent, retiring. There are loads of instances in our lives, aren't there, where we will find ourselves in a time of big change, a liminal movement. And because these big changes are filled with both promise and danger, risk and reward, Wisdom is needed to make that transition carefully. And we saw last week, didn't we, as we started this series, what wisdom truly is. Proverbs 1 verse 7 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. Wisdom is seeing God for who he truly is. Wisdom is a right fear, a right respect, a reverence of the Lord. So as we hear the voices of the parents throughout Proverbs and their voice here in the verses that we're looking at together this evening, we are to recognise those voices for what they are, as wisdom. Wisdom that we urgently need to hear as we wade through life and its many changes. Wisdom that points us to rightly fear the Lord. So, wisdom's, Proverbs' wisdom isn't for the young alone, for Unite, or just for Connect. No, it is for all of us, all of us. And we all need to recognise our great need for it this evening. Just as, uh, just as much as a young son needs the wisdom of his dad as he transitions into adulthood, so do we need to hear the wisdom that is for us right here on these pages. And in verse 9, we see why we are to listen to the voice of wisdom. We see its great offer. Listen, my son, to your father's instruction, and do not forsake your mother's teaching. Why? Well, they are a garland to grace your head and a chain to adorn your neck. A garland and a chain or pendant. It's a picture of beauty. It's a picture of victory. We're familiar with the Olympics, aren't we? And back in 2004, it was hosted by Greece. And they decided to bring back the historic laurel wreath, which hopefully, yeah, you can see on the screen behind me. The Victor's Garland. And we can see Sir Chris Hoy wearing his after his numerous victories in the velodrome back then. That's what this garland is in verse 9. It's a crown, a sign of this individual's success. Later in Proverbs uh, chapter 4, we see that the garland stands in parallel with a beautiful crown. And that's the picture we have here in our passage tonight of a victor's crown. As the wisdom, that, uh, as the wisdom they have listened to enables them to successfully navigate life's paths. And we are also told of the chain, the pendant around their neck. And similar to the garland, we're to hear this and to think Olympic gold medal, victory, beauty. It's a striking picture, isn't it, of what is on offer here. As we listen to the voice of wisdom in our our lives, that wisdom is a victor's crown, a gold medal around our necks. 
It's a picture of beauty, of victory, as we learn to fear the Lord through life's big changes. So that is the first voice that we hear in these verses, the voice of wisdom. But we also hear an opposing voice calling out in these verses. Secondly, the voice of violence and the warning against it in verse 10 to 19. Just as we are to listen to the voice of wisdom that adorns us with that beauty, that victory, in the same way we are to resist the voice of violence. It's the voice of the crowd, the voice of folly, of foolishness. It's the voice that says, come and join us. It'll be such fun. Have a look at verse 11. Come along with us. Let's lie in wait for innocent blood. Let's ambush some harmless soul. Let's swallow them alive like the grave and whole like those who go down to the pit. We will get all sorts of valuable things and fill our houses with plunder. Throw in your lot with us and we will share a common purse. Can you hear the pull of that offer? Can you hear how persuasive that voice is? Now, you probably haven't been tempted to lie in wait along Goat Lane to ambush someone as they walk by, but there will be a temptation, a desire to fit in and to gain at the expense of others. We will all know what it's like to feel peer pressure. Perhaps our younger members here this evening will feel it more keenly, but it's something that we will always battle against. We know the pull of that promise, the promise of belonging, of fitting in, of being in on the in crowd. The voice of the crowd here promises that sense of belonging. Come along with us. Come and join. Be one of us. The voice promises belonging, but it also promises gain. I mean, that's what's going on here, right? They lie in wait. They ambush. Why? Verse 13. We will get all sorts of valuable things and fill our houses with plunder. We will all share the loot. Come along with us. Theft and muggings may not be the battle that we struggle to resist. But in the workplace, when we have the opportunity to belittle others and raise ourselves up in the process, do we resist? At home, at work, at college, at school, do we shift the blame on the innocent so we can get away with it? Do we laugh at those coarse jokes with others to gain their approval, but at the expense of others? Maybe we're even the ones telling the jokes, spreading the gossip, sharing the pictures, excluding the different. Come along with us. We will share the loot. The voice ring loud and strong in our society selfish gain, and the opportunity to fit in and belong. Sadly, all too often, we will listen to that voice, the pressure to conform, that desire to fit in, whether it's at the pub as a uni student and the pressure to have one drink too many, or at work or with our families and the pressure to hide our Christian faith and to go along with the flow of those around us. In every sphere of life, we will feel feel that pressure. All too often, we will allow the voice of the crowd to be the voice that guides and shapes our lives. And maybe that's where you're at this evening. Your life is on a course 
And it's a course set by others. A course set by your desire to fit in and belong to the crowd. Well, this evening, we all need to hear wisdom's warning. Verse 10, have a look. My son, you who are going through life, going through times of change, if sinful men entice you, do not give in to them. Verse 15, my son, do not go along with them. Do not set foot on their paths. Wisdom calls us to resist, to say no, to push back against our desire to fit in, to reject that temptation, to gain at the expense of others. Wisdom calls us to listen to its voice and not to give in to the voice of violence, the voice of the crowd. Why? Why should we listen to wisdom over the voice of the crowd when the crowd seemingly offers us so much? Because the voice of wisdom highlights to us the reality behind the empty promises that the crowd gives us. The promise of belonging, of gain, of plunder and loot, as Proverbs puts it, is immensely tempting. But it's an empty promise. Wisdom shows us this in verse 17. How useless to spread a net where every bird can see it. These men lie in wait for their own blood. They ambush only themselves. Such are the paths of all who go after ill-gotten gain. It takes away the life of those who get it. Instead of enhancing their lives, these men who lie in wait for others end up throwing their own lives away. As they lay their traps for others, they're laying traps against themselves. As they wait for innocent blood, in reality we see that they lie in wait for their own blood. They may have their plunder, but in verse 19, uh, it shows us that it's at the expense of their own lives. Empty promises. Empty promises. Wisdom's serious warning here is one that we all need to pay attention to. Wisdom tells us with all the fervency of a loving parent speaking to their son that we are to, not to listen to the voice of violence the voice of the crowd, because they offer so much, they speak only lies. They offer riches and life, but deliver only death. With all this in mind then, we ask ourselves the massive question, well, what does it mean to be wise? And we hear wisdom's answer come through loud and clear. To be wise is to listen to the right people the voices of wisdom in our lives. To be wise is to choose our friends carefully. Most of you will know the story of Oliver Twist, probably Charles Dickens' most famous work. It depicts the life of an orphan boy in the city of London during the Victorian era. And during the course of the story, we see Oliver going between Fagin, a ringleader of a criminal gang who trains up young pickpockets and thieves to bring their loot to him. And on the other side, we see Mr. Brownlow, a gentleman who cares for Oliver, restores him back to full health, educates him, and opens up his home to him. And what is striking about the book and the numerous films is how when in the midst of those two worlds, Oliver is inevitably changed by them. He feels the pull of the boys around him 
as they go on their misadventures. And when he's in the care and trust of the gentleman, Oliver learns and develops as a young man. Oliver's character then, as the story progresses, is inevitably shaped by the people around him. And that was true of Deli Ali, as we saw at the beginning, and his experience of the influence that others had on him. And it is no different for us. Our character is formed not in isolation, on our own, but in community. Who we are and who we will become will massively be shaped by those we spend our time with, by those that we are listening to, by the friends that we choose. It is so important that we hear this warning, that we understand what wisdom is here. Wisdom is ensuring that we're not getting into the wrong crowd, but rather that we're listening to those who offer us wisdom and encouragement so that we can keep going in our Christian walks. However, let me say there is a dangerous overreaction to what we're hearing tonight, a danger that will inevitably arise from this, is that we hear wisdom's warning and we bury our heads in the sand of the church, that we place ourselves firmly in the middle of the Christian bubble. What's the best way to avoid peer pressure, to resist the voice of violence and the crowd? Well, it's obvious, isn't it? Don't mix with the crowd at all. Keep well away. But that's not what we're called to be as Christians. Jesus calls us to go into the world and make disciples. Jesus calls us not to be of the world, but nonetheless to be in the world. And this will mean interacting with our colleagues, having friends outside of St. Mary's, using our free time to develop relationships with others. The problem for some of us may be that we're not yeasty enough. Yeast is supposed to be spread throughout the day, only then can it make a difference? As Christians, we're supposed to get out of the salt shaker and be salt in the world. What Proverbs is saying here is don't lose your yeasty nature, your salty taste. Be in the world, but not of it. Spend your time with non-Christians, but be distinct as a Christian. So as we go to work, to school, to college, as we spend time with our friends and families, we have to be ready to share our lives fully with them. But we must always be on guard as to which voice we are listening to. What is primarily shaping our lives, our decisions? Is it that desire to fit in, to gain at the expense of others? Or is it the voice of wisdom? The voice that points us to fear the Lord in everything that we do. Well, finally, there is one more voice in addition to these two voices that we have heard this evening. And that is the voice of the Son and the promise of peace. The night Jesus was born, the angels shouted on earth, peace to all people. The night before Jesus died, he said, my peace I leave with you. Jesus, the one who Isaiah calls the Prince of Peace. Jesus, the one who ate with sinners and tax collectors and yet never sought to gain at the expense of others as they did. 
Jesus, the one who brushed shoulders with the in crowd, the religious elite, and yet never conformed to peer pressure. Jesus, the one who knew such violence at their hands and yet responded with love and forgiveness. Jesus, the one through whom we have peace with God through his death on the cross. Jesus, the son who listens not to the voice of the crowds, not to the voice of violence, but instead listens to the voice of wisdom. That's who Jesus is. We may be more familiar with him as our saviour, as fulfilling the Old Testament as the perfect prophet or priest or king. But wonderfully, we see here that Jesus was and is the perfect wise man. And Jesus, as Jesus listens to the voice of wisdom and rejects the voice of the crowd and violence, we are given a wonderful window into the character and nature of God. From the life of Jesus, the revelation of this perfect wise man, we can know that God is not taking aim. He's not waiting for us to make a mistake. In the language of Proverbs, he's not lying in wait for your blood, but rather he gave his own blood at the cross so that we could have peace with him. Believe it. Receive it. Put that truth on your heart as we navigate the many complications of life. We can look to Jesus, the son who hears the voice of wisdom and brings us peace. Peace. The Apostle Paul says in Colossians that the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. And my hope and prayer for us all here this evening is that in a world that is full of violence, in a world that is out to gain at the expense of others, that in that kind of world, we will know the peace of Jesus. That we will all personally know peace with God. Peace that rules in our hearts and causes us to live as peacemakers in the situations and circumstances that we find ourselves in. Peacemakers rather than those who join the crowd of violence. Listen to the voice of wisdom and choose your friends carefully. Look to Jesus, the perfect wise man, and the peace that he brings. Let's pray together. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Lord God, that is a prayer for each and every one of us here this evening, that we may know peace first and foremost with you. And from knowing that peace, may we know peace with those around us. It is so easy to hear the voice of the world, of the crowds, of violence, and to gain at others' expense to promote ourselves. And yet, Lord God, we pray that we will listen to the voice of wisdom, wisdom which is beautiful and victorious. Help us to be peacemakers as we look to the perfect son of wisdom. We pray in your name. Amen.